0: Great to be here today. Thanks for joining us. So, so glad you guys are here. And hey, how about that at the movies here? Did you guys like that? Was that fun or what? Wasn't that cool? Thanks for joining us for at the movies. We had our highest attendance ever in the history of all of our summers in 19 years through at the movies. How great is that? Thank you guys. Incredible. I about fell over. I literally called like and said, "Check the numbers. That can't be right." When I saw that we had over twelve thousand people in the summer, so great job! Blew my mind. So happy for you guys bringing your friends, your family. Really, really grateful for that. Hey, I want to say hello to all of our campuses real quick. And this is really fun. I want to and I want to say a special welcome to the Garza East Unit, our brand new prison ministry in that prison. Can we just give it up for those guys and say welcome to the family? Glad you guys are here. How cool is that? Love it. So glad. God's doing some great things for God behind bars. So thankful to be part of that great ministry. Again, it's great to be with you guys today. Let's say our mission statement together as a church. What are we here to do? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die period. Again, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for being here. This is incredible turnout. Uh, Thanks so much. And by the way, this is great, but this should also clue you in. By the way, just want to mention here at this 1130 hour that obviously I'm looking right now going, we're just about there. We're going to be packed in the fall, guys, which means I need some of you to be moving to other services, which is awesome, by the way. I can't believe that. But we're going to be needing many of you guys to move to like Saturday nights or Sunday one o'clock, or 6 o'clock. So please consider that, because we're not going to have room, which sounds like a really cool problem to have, and it is, but it also means that we, we actually, when that happens, we have people drive around the parking lot, can't find a spot, and then leave, and we do not want that. So that's something we want you to prayerfully consider moving to one of those other service times. Again, I'm just so thankful I go to a church that we even have to talk about that. Praise God. That we have to actually have to make people move to other services. God is moving. How cool is that? Isn't that great? So again... So guys, you guys are here. Thanks for joining us as we talk today about a brand new series called Creating Your Future. Here's one thing I know for sure. The future belongs to those who create it. you got to make a decision you're going to create the life you want. Rather than wait for someone to do it for you, God has given you creativity. And here's the thing, a creative God created you. Then he tells you in his word to mimic him, to emulate him, to act like him, which means he wants you To now create your world in the same way he created the world. So let's talk about that today. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 1 and just unpacking creation for the next three weeks about how you and I can also create our world the way we want to design it as well. And so pull out your notes if you would as we talk today about creating your future. I'm super excited about this message. And listen, next week, by the way, do not miss next week's message. Because next week, I, I'm kind of freaking out over it, and I'm going to try not to give it away because I'm so excited about next week's message. I may just drive my car up on the stage and just get out and start preaching. I'm telling you, I'm like super fired up because there's a principle that God puts into motion on day two of creation that built the whole world. I know that sounds nuts, but I'm, I'm dead serious. He puts this one principle in motion, and it always works. What if I could give you next week something that always works? gives you results. How cool is that, right? Don't miss next week's message. Turn to the person next to you and tell them right now, don't miss next week. Give them a serious, like, threatening look like, don't you miss this. Give them that threatening look. Yeah, there you go. All right, there you go. Go full Medea on them right now. All right, don't you miss next week. Tell them straight up. All right, so it's going to be powerful. You do not want to miss that. So, all right. Grab your notes. I want to talk today about how you can create, create your future. And so where do you begin? This week's message, where to begin? And the where you begin is always the same. You begin at the beginning. So let's go back to Genesis 1, verse 1. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. Genesis 1, verse 1 should not be hard to find. Finally, you can finally open your Bible with great confidence. I know where to go. <laughs> if you don't know where to go right now, we're really glad you're here. This is obviously your very first time in church. And so we're glad you're here. It's all good. And so Genesis 1-1, we're going to start at the very beginning. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now I could have shortened it really and just said, in the beginning, God. We could have just stopped right there. In the beginning, God. Because you know what? Most of us don't start with that. We start with, in the beginning, I decided to do this in the beginning, I met this person. In the beginning, I took this job. In the beginning, instead of God spoke to me, so then I did this or did that or went here or asked them out or, or did this or did that. We, we oftentimes don't start with God. And when you don't start something with God, how does that go? Typically, it does not go well. I mean, the truth is, is that when we start with anything other than that, it it goes bad. Let me show you a parallel verse, John chapter 1, verse 1. This is cool. John John 1 and Genesis 1 parallel each other, by the way, through multiple verses, kind of cool. And so because God is trying to show us something here in Scripture, when you see a parallel, there's a reason behind it. When you see a trend in the Bible, you should pick up on that, okay? And so you see something going on here in John 1 and also in Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning, the Word was already, already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we know later on, John chapter 1, it talks about the Word was with God, the Word was the light, the life, and he says, I, I am not the light, but I was an eyewitness to the light. So clearly, we know John was referring to Jesus. So he was saying, John, John was saying Jesus is the Word. Now, this is really cool, because I don't know if you're aware of this, but John 1 tells us that Jesus was actually there on creation. Sometimes we imagine God being there, right? The Bible's very clear about that in the beginning, God created. But we forget that God and Jesus are one, and so Jesus was at creation as well. We think Jesus entered the scene for the first time in Matthew chapter 1 as a baby, but that's not true. God's son was already also co-eternal with God, and so he was at creation as well. And so we see that that the God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all at creation. We're about to show you where the Holy Spirit was, but but did you know it says in 1 Corinthians Excuse me, in 1 John 5, 7, just write this verse down. This is not in your notes. 1 John 5, 7 in the KJV says it speaks of the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. Huh, why would I say the Word instead of Jesus? Because Jesus is the Word, and the Word is Jesus. I don't know if you realize that or not, but, but sometimes you say, I want to hear Jesus talk to me. I really want to hear from Jesus. I need him to help me or guide me. Well, the way you'll know Jesus shows up in your life today is that we're going to read the Word of God, we're going to study the Word of God today, but then there'll be something specific that pops off the page to you today. You ever had that in church where you're like, whoa, that was crazy, right? Because something was very specific for your life today. You're like, oh man, how did the preacher know? You know, people tell me, all the time, preacher, you've been reading my mail again. How'd you know that? I didn't know that. That's the revealed Word of God. word in revealed actually means the same thing. Did you know that? So, Jesus is the Word of God. How do we know that? Jesus is God in flesh. He is the revealed Word of God. Word means revealed. In other words, Word and Revelation is the same thing. And Jesus is the revealing of God to the world. So, He is the revelation. Does that make sense? So, you say, I want God to talk to me. He does through Jesus because when you get that specific Word, when you go, wow, that was so crazy, that was just what I needed, that was Jesus talking to you. Isn't that cool? And so he is there and he is with you and he is speaking today. And so I want you to understand that the word means logos. That means spoken or unspoken. And the the Greeks use this word logos, which means word, which also means reason. In other words, before God even spoke a word, he had a word in his mind. Okay? He had the thought. He created twice. He first created it in his mind, then he spoke it into existence. And so in the same way, you have two worlds. Many of us have one world that we have in our mind, what we want the li- our world to be like, but we haven't yet spoke it out. We haven't yet fulfilled it in our lives. There's two worlds. There's the world that, that, that we want and the world that exists, but God wants us to take the world that we want and begin to speak it out in our lives to, to bring it to existence. Does that make sense? And so this is important to understand this. Number one, start with God. Start with God. But we start with everything else. Maybe you've, maybe you've been in a relationship that you didn't start with God. How'd that work? How is that working? Some of you are still in that one, right? Instead of going to church and saying, God, I want to get the right relationship going on, you go to the club, right? Ladies night. <laughs> so you're there, and you're hanging out, and you get your freak on the dance floor and you hook up with someone, and you guys exchange numbers, or you just go home with them that night, or they come home with you, and now you've got this relationship going, and then you ask God to bless it later when it didn't start with this foundation, it didn't start with any principle of him, and you want God to now come and then bless it, and you wonder why it's not working right. The truth is you need to understand something. God's not required to finish anything he didn't start. So don't ask God to bless something he wasn't in from the beginning. So we need to go back and say, okay, wait, in the beginning, God. That's why the world ended up so awesome, because it started with God. And so I want to challenge you to take a step back and ask the question, do I need a do-over? Do I need to start with God today? Now, now Jesus, by the way, was at creation, Genesis 1, but he was also in John 1 at recreation, in other words, there's there's creation and then there's redemption. This is where we, he de- he redeems what he created. See, it's because in Genesis one we know that you know that we were created, right? But but we know just shortly after that we messed all that up, right? And we sinned, and so then God made a plan with Jesus to come back later on in creation uh, in the world and and enter back into the world as God's son, as a man, die on the cross for us raise new life again, and so he brings recreation or redemption. He redeems what is his. Does that make sense? So Jesus is always about creating and redeeming, creating and redeeming. So today, I believe this whole series is designed around you either creating the life you want or redeeming the life that you had, right? Somebody you need to create the marriage you want, Somebody you need to redeem the marriage you had. Create the career you want, redeem the career you had. What is it that maybe you need to create the pure life that you want or you need to redeem the pure life you had? In other words, God wants you to create or to redeem. What it says, some of you, you, you need to, you need to take, take a look and say, I want to create the life I want. I need to redeem the time I have to do that. And so God wants us to do one or the other or really, frankly, both. Create, redeem, create, redeem. We see this over and over and over again in Scripture. And so in the beginning, God, it all starts with God. Let me, let, me, let me show you something next. This is really cool. It says in Genesis 1, verse 2, the earth was form, formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Okay, let's break that down. First of all, the earth was formless and void. For the Formless and void is translation I have in my head. Sorry, it's what I grew up with. Formless and empty is, is the new living translation here. This is important to understand this. Scientists get frustrated with the Bible saying, well, the Bible speaks of, you know, God creating the world in six days and You know, a lot lot of people, you know, mathematicians have have taken a look at the Bible and said that we know that that Genesis 1 started around 6,000 years ago and the earth is way older than 6,000 years, so this doesn't match. Well, then they haven't read the Bible very closely because read Genesis 1, 2, it says the earth was formless and empty. It didn't say it wasn't there. So that rock could have been there 2 billion years before God took it and did anything with it. Let me tell you why I'm going to bring this up. There is no contradiction between the Bible and science. The Bible is the truth, first of all, and if there is, then science isn't right. Well, you're biased. So are scientists. <laughs> so are scientists. We're all biased. All of us have a bias. By the way, this is interesting. Let me just, just take a side note if I can for a second. If those of you who are into the Darwin... Uh, evolution theory, which I I think is, you know, very interesting, and it's phenomenal. First of all, I think Darwin is brilliant. I mean that, and I know a lot of Christians are going to freak out that I say that, but he is an absolute genius. He just was wrong, but he's totally a genius. (laughs) Now, here's where he was absolutely right, was that there's clearly an evolutionary process. I mean, there really is. You don't believe in evolution, go grab a broom and sweep for about an hour and see the callus on your hand. That's evolution. It's incredible. Our body can evolve. Thank God. is that amazing? I eat enough chips and hot sauce and my body evolved. (laughs) So the point is, evolution is very real, right? You know, if you want this body, I tell my son all the time, you can have this body too with enough devotion to Mexican food. You can have this too. (laughs) The bottom line is that we evolve, right? And so evolution, there's some realities there. What there isn't is species to species jumping, of evolution. And that's where the word theory comes in, that we want to believe that because if you don't have that, then you have to believe there's a God. And by the way, did you know that Darwin, do a little research on him by the way, did you know that he actually dropped out of seminary and got mad at God and then became a scientist? Just a little side note, interesting little note there that you may want to check that out sometime. Read about Darwin. And you'll find that he had a clear angle. He had a clear bias going in. But when you ask Darwin, keep in mind, his work is hundreds of years old. That's 150 years old now. I mean, so, so you're talking about a very old. So, so we're, we're looking at science from 150 years ago? I mean, I'm pretty sure we've had some updates since then. So can we at least update that a little bit too? Like, for example, did you know that he believed that the cell, if you broke open the cell when they said, what's a cell? Because he said a cell was the most basic building block of the body. We have now found that is not the truth. Actually, it goes further, deeper than that. We know that you can break open the cell. When they asked Darwin what he thought when they broke open the cell, what he thought it would probably like a jelly-like substance. Just a bunch of mush. That's what he thought. He thought that was the basic building block which was just a bunch of mush. <laughs> but now, we can actually break open the cell, Now, of course now we know that, that there's what? There's molecules in there. We know there's DNA, right? And now we know that the DNA, the DNA not only is DNA, but it's designed. There's a specific code and design in our DNA. And if this wasn't the case, then we should let a whole lot of prisoners free today. Because there's been a lot of DNA testing to put people in prison, right? So we know there's a design to it, okay? And so, but do but, but you, you know you can actually take that DNA, the molecules, and break them even open again? Science has gotten so amazing, we now have taken it to the basic building block of even breaking open the DNA molecule. And this is what's the most interesting of all. The God particle has been discovered. When they break open the smallest DNA that you can get, guess what the actual basic building block is? This is so cool. It's actually a wavelength. Did you know that? It's a sound vibration in its smallest form, which, by the way, checks out with Scripture because how do we get life? God spoke life into existence we see the breath of God in science can we just take a moment and say God thank you for how amazing you are thank you God that you have revealed yourself in the in the mountains in science in in, in great literature in, in man man search for you it's amazing. God can be discovered. So back to the scripture. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. The Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Here's what I think it looked like. Spirit of God's hovering over the the surface of the waters. I think it looks something like this. Hmm. Hmm. What do I want to do here? What do I want to create? Don't you think that's what hovering looks like? You ever hovered? You know, talk your kids in trouble. You're hovering, right? What are we gonna do with you? You know what I'm talking about, right? You're hovering. You know, you hover when you're trying to figure out what am I gonna do here, right? what i going to create, what I'm going to do with the situation, you, you, you begin to hover. And if you've not pondered lately and taken the time to hover over whatever it is that you have a domain over, whatever it is that you have dominion, control, opportunity in, we need to stop and, and hover. You know, if, when you go off to college, you, you, you at some point stop with a degree plan with a big book in front of you with all the degrees and you hover over them. Hmm. What do I want to do? You go at the restaurant, you open it up, what are you doing? Hovering what would I like to eat? Let me see here, right? I want to pick something out. What am I going to, what am I going to eat for the next 30 minutes here, right? And so you're hovering, you're thinking about, it, you're considering the menu. What are all my options? And so this is really important. Number two, take time to ponder and to plan. Take time to ponder and to plan. Let me show you Psalms 138. It says, the Lord will work out his plans for my life. His plans for whose life? wow, that's interesting. We apparently have some control. He didn't say his plans for his life in you. He could have said that. He didn't say that. He said his plans for my life. Huh. I have some say. That's interesting. I thought I was just supposed to do whatever God wanted, pastor. Yes, but God gave you free will. You're not a robot. So you have some choices here. Did you know that God gave you some choices? But did you know that God's so good, he he pre-wired you to make certain choices he wants you to make? Isn't that cool he's so smart like that? He knew you'd like certain things. He just knew that. Why? Because he built you to like those things. He made you like those things. And so he pre-wired you. The Lord will work out his plans for my life for your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me for you made me. He ties the plans of God to the fact that he made us. See, this is important. You have to connect. Until you connect that God made you, you won't know what to do with your life. This, This is really important because when you realize God made me, He made me to like certain things. He made me to be good at certain things and not be good at other things. And based upon the way he made me should help determine what I do with my life. For example, I can make all the plans in the world I want to be a quarterback in NFL, but it ain't going to (laughs) happen. Why? This body was not made to play in NFL. (laughs) It will not do that. I wish it would. It will not do that. And so the reality is that, that, that the way I was made automatically eliminates some options from my life. It just does that. If you're five foot two and pudgy, you're not gonna be in the NBA. I'm sorry. (laughs) Let me break that to you now. I'm not trying to be offensive to you. I'm just telling you, we have no examples of that. I'm just, the reality is is that that's probably not what God made you to do. If you're six foot eight in the eighth grade, you should consider the NBA right now. (laughs) You were probably made for that, okay? The the reality is that the way we were made is a big clue into what we are supposed to be doing with our lives. So I want want to challenge you not to discount who you are in your effort to love God. In, In pursuing God and His will, know that God pursued you by putting something in you. He created you with certain talents, certain gifts, certain abilities, and you should be pondering that and making plans based upon what God Put in you. Some of you right now are, are thinking, yeah, yeah, I get all that, but you know, I've got a lot going on, Pastor. I mean, we got school happening right now. You know, you know, attendance goes up as soon. As school comes back into session, and uh, you know, well, like today we we got a lot of people here. That's great. Thanks for coming. You know, and, and what happens with school is we start telling our kids, right? Some of you are in year round school. Your kids are already in school. Some of you are, you're about to start. Either way, you're probably already telling your kids, okay, you know, junior, you're going into the you know, the ninth grade now. It's going to be a little harder in high school. You got to study more and you're going to have, you know, more tests and, and more research papers and that kind of stuff, right? Or, or maybe you're know, going from ninth to 10th grade or 10th to 11th. But every year when your kid goes to the next grade, you challenge them, don't you, parents? You're like, hey, you got to get ready. It's a whole nother world now. You're going from fifth grade to sixth grade. and That's a whole nother deal because now you're going from class to class and you got, you know, this period and the bell rings. You got to make it to the next class. And you're explaining all that to them, right? Showing them how to go to the next level. But here's the problem, parents. Who's telling us to go to the next level? So you get all the way through high school and there's no one there to tell you anymore. And so we keep living the same year again and again. Well, I'm here to tell you, I want to just ask you right now to come to school with me. I'm here to take you back to school, but tell you that you know what? It's time for you to go to your next level. The reason we've been talking about this, you need to ponder your life because it's time to quit having sideways years and realize that next year is your next level. It's time to step it up. God has more for you too. I'm back. God has more for you. He's got big plans for you. He's got big things to stir in you. And it starts by asking this question. Would you write this question down? What do I want? Write that question down. What do I want? Would you write that down? What do you want? Just say, what do you want? Write it down. And as fast as you can, and there's no wrong answers, write what you want down. Just write it down. All the single guys in here, a hot girl. Get it? That's fine. <laughs> write it down. That's fine. I get it. Nothing wrong with that. I asked for God for that too, and boy, did he deliver. <laughs> ask for what you want. Write what you want. Write it down. Lord, I want this. I want that just as fast as you can. You know, I know people that, that go away on two and three day retreats to discover what they want to do with their lives. But here's the funny thing, is there's been research that's done that if you go away for two or three days to write out what you want to do with your life, the same basic thing will come if you, if you take three minutes to write down what you want. You know why? Because it's you you already know what you want. You're designed to know what you want. You're built that way. You're, it's it's just—it's innately in you. If I say, what do you want? You're going to say the same things you said last year and the year before that. Why? Because it's you. Because God wired you a certain way to want certain things. So what is it that you want? Write those things down. I have been dreaming about pastoring an amazing church since, gosh, 20 years now. It hasn't really changed. You know, I just, and I want to reach more and more people. It just, just, that just continues with me. You know, and I'm not saying we don't change or or adjust over time, because we certainly do. but, But typically, our wants just mature with us. And so write down what you want. Really, right now, you should be writing something down. Just, and it's okay if you feel, I feel like the stuff I'm writing down is selfish. Didn't, didn't hurry up with those things because you get the more too. Just write it down. If you want a bigger house, write a bigger house down. If you want, Because here's the thing, you think it's about the bigger house, it's not about the bigger house. It's, it, in fact, if you go to the neighborhood you really like so much that you have to probably wait to follow someone in, you know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> do you go to that neighborhood... <laughs> While you're driving around, freaking out over the homes, you also have to realize that if you get serious about wanting that neighborhood, you begin to realize the reason why God put that desire in you, it's not about the house, it's about who you have to become to get the house. Did you catch that? Because those people are accomplished, aren't they? They've done something to get there. They didn't get there by accident. Oh, I don't know how this happened. I just ended up with a 5,000 square foot home. No, you don't end up with that. (laughs) You plan that. A big, no, I don't have that. Don't, don't start. Go, well, Bill has a five. I do not have that. Okay. <laughs> but the reality is that whatever it is you're wanting, you got to plan that out. Ponder it. Hmm. So this is what I want my career to look like in 10 years. So let's look and see who did that and where did they start to get where they are now because if I do what they did, I'll get what they have. Ponder. Think it through. Make a plan. So there's a godly relationship. That's what that looks like. Where did they meet? And how did they meet? And how have I been meeting people? And is that the same? Oh, it's not. So maybe I need to go where they went and position my life the way they position their life to meet that person. And then I'll meet someone like that too. See, we got to start thinking. we got to start pondering what we want. Take the time to ponder and to plan. And let me tell you why we need to do this. Because whatever comes your way, once you've pondered and created a plan off of that pondering, off of praying, seeking God, saying, God, what's your plan for my life? Let me write out what I want my marriage to look like one day. As a single person, you should be writing it out. You should be writing out before you have a career what you want your career to look like. Before you have any money, you should be determining how much money you'd like to have. So that's how you get there lay out the plan in advance. And when you begin to do that, then this is very important, then anything and anyone that doesn't match the pondered plan of God, you got to get out of your life. Oh, we got quiet. (laughs) Anything or anyone that does not match the pondered plan of God in your life, why are you wasting your time doing that? Well, but we've been together for five years, so length of time for a mistake doesn't make it a mistake now? See, the reality is that anything that doesn't match the ponder plan of God, you are wasting your time and their time. we got to quit wasting time. Life is too short to waste time. If you don't believe me in your 20s, go ask someone in their 40s, they will tell you, time flies. For those in your 40s, go talk to someone in their 60s, they will tell you, time flies. For someone in your 60s, go ask someone in their 80s, they will tell you, time flies. If you're in your 80s, um, time flies. It's going to go quick, guys. Use your life, use your time well while you have it. And so ponder the plan, lay out the plan, and if it doesn't match the ponder plan of God, don't waste your time doing it. Okay, this is really important, guys. I'm super fired up about this. Genesis 1-3 says something that blows my mind, and I want to challenge you. Today we're about to break a barrier. Does that sound cool? Let's break a barrier in your life, and it's a simple barrier, but most of us have it, and so we're going to break this barrier. Are you guys with me? All campuses, are you with me? I need to hear from you. Alice, (laughs) Rockport, come on. I need to hear from you. All right. I want to hear you guys. I want to make sure you're with me because what we're going to do next is going to challenge your faith, but this is what we have to do. So right now, go back and ask the question again, what do you want? And you better have written something down. Write it down. What do you want? Write it down right now. You should all have something written down on what you want in your life. This is not a complete list. It's a beginning point. And so just write down two or three things. I want a degree. I want my marriage to be turned around. I want, you know, whatever it is that you're wanting. I want a vibrant walk with God. I want to be debt-free. I want my marriage restored. I want my health back. I want financial independence. I want emotional wellness. I want to no longer be addicted to this substance. I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to begin to prosper in my relationships. I want to prosper in my walk with God. I want to have a thriving ministry. I want to be a leader. Whatever it is you want, write it down. Get in front of you. Now look what it says next. This is very important. How does creation actually work? Then God does what? Then God said. It didn't say he did. I said he said. I don't know about you, but that just kind of surprised me. Like, shouldn't it say, then God did something and light appeared? It doesn't say that. It says, then God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke it into existence. Back to that wavelength in the DNA, he spoke life. To, his, to the world, and life came. He spoke light, and light came. He spoke it out loud. The Bible says in Psalms 1072, let the redeemed of the Lord think so. Oh, no, it doesn't say that, does it? Let the redeemed of the Lord pray so. No, let the redeemed of the Lord Google so. No, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Say, say so. Let the, let the name of the Lord speak it. You have to be willing to say it. Just a few weeks ago, I got up on this stage, and I said out loud, we're going to be a church of 15,000 people. We're going to have a mega ministry in Corpus Christi and in San Antonio. And I went so far as to break a barrier, and I was real nervous to do it. You probably noticed it. I was scared to tell you, and I believe God's leading me to have a place in San Antonio and in Corpus Christi. And I was so nervous. I thought my phone's going to ring like crazy. People are going to leave the church, but I know God spoke at my spirit, and I just know we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have a strong ministry both locations is not either or it's both and I had to speak it out loud and break that barrier guess what I thought oh I'm, I'm just prepared I told warned my secretary you're gonna get lots of phone calls if you're gonna play no a single call you know what thank you you just trusted that God was giving me a word thank you for that that means the world to me I mean that thank you that you trust that when we say we're going to do something, that's how we're going to do it. And when I tell you I'm committed to the city, I'm still committed to the city. We really are. But we're also committed to expansion, to taking as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's not just a mission statement. We believe it to the core of our being. And so we're going to reach into San Antonio. So I had to speak it out loud to make it a Reality. What is it right now that you need to speak out loud? So right now, I'm going to challenge you across all campuses right now to do something that's going to just change everything for you. I want to challenge people right now across all this audience, across all of our campuses, just to get up and speak out loud what you know God's telling you to do right now in this place across all of our campuses. Get to your feet and say it out loud. I am believing God for a restored marriage. I am believing God for new finances. I am believing God for a new career. I am believing God for my purity. I am believing God for no more addiction. come on, speak it out loud. What do you believe in God? For What did you write down? Say it out loud now. Speak it with hands lifted high. Say, God, I believe you for emotional wellness. I believe that I'm going to get through this divorce. Lord, I believe you for healthy kids. I believe you for being cancer free. I believe you for a thriving business. I believe you for financial dependence. I believe Say it out loud what you're believing God for. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it into existence. Oh, the Holy Spirit just showed up, didn't he? Oh, yeah, he did, because he's doing something in you right now. He's doing something in you right now. Speak it. Say it. When you say it, it becomes real. Some of you right now are like, oh, man, my my spouse heard me. Yeah, they were supposed to hear you. They should know about this. (laughs) You may be seated across all of our campuses right now. I want to challenge you that you spoke it out loud. It will not become reality until you speak it into existence. Years ago... 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, it's hard to believe. This January we be our 20th anniversary of a church. It's, it's hard to believe that. But, but I remember just a little bit more time than that a few months before we started the church where there's a little core group in my living room of our little one-bedroom apartment, two-bedroom apartment, and uh, five people gathered. And I looked at them, and I said, one day this will be a church of thousands. And they looked at me like I was crazy, but I knew I had to start speaking it now because I knew speaking it created the expectation that we won't stop until we see it. You have to speak your reality. You are your own prophet. Speak what you want, and it will come to fruition in your life. Speak it out loud. I'm believing God for more in my life. I'm believing God for a ministry that thrives here and in San Antonio. I'm believing God. I'm believing. I'm just going to say. I'm just going to say right. I'm believing God. I'm going to write books that the next generation is going to read to draw them closer to God. I'm just going to speak it out loud. You don't have to agree with me, but that's what I'm going to do. I don't have to agree with you, but you should do it anyways. I, I, I don't think we should be limited by what man thinks. We should do what God tells us to do. Last time I checked, you didn't show up to hear a guy just give his opinion. You're looking for someone who's been with God. And I'm telling you, God has spoken to me to tell you, you need to speak. You need to speak out loud over your own life. God has more for you to do than you've ever dreamed. God has so much potential in you, it's downright scary. And it's time for you to begin to live it out. And you've, you've broken the barrier by speaking it, by saying it out loud. That's the first step. Now, last thing I want to wrap up before we, before we go any further, because we can't, we can't go any further without this. Genesis 1, verse 4 through 5 says, And God saw that the light was good, Then he separated the light from the darkness. By the way, did you notice we don't have a sun yet? So we have no sun and no moon, but yet we have light and darkness. So where'd the light come from? God. He is the light. How cool is that, right? Before we even have a sun, we have... God, there's a reason behind that. You'll learn that next week, by the way. Why did we have light before we even had a sun or a moon? Why did we have a day and a night without even having that? So we're going to unpack that next week. But in fact, next week's message, I want to challenge you to be here because I'm going to I'm going to reveal the principle that grew the whole world. I mean, this is really cool. There's one principle God put in motion that grew everything. Do not miss next week's message because it always the, the principle I'm going to reveal next week always works. You do not want to miss that. So I want to challenge you to be here for that. But, but notice this. It says, God saw that the light was good. Then he separated light from darkness. By the way, you know what darkness is? darkness is? Darkness was not created by God. It was already there. Darkness is just the absence of light. You ever wondered why almost every song that the world makes is about the same stuff? And You, know, you ever notice this? You're like, man, really? I mean, you know, if I hear one more hip-hop song that has to do with pot, I mean, I'm like, wow. I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing. And it's not that pot's that great, it's just that they're all that addicted. That's why they're all singing about it, because it's, just, it's all they know to do. And so, you know, if you're wondering, like, oh, I just wish I, at the contract, I could go backstage and see what they're doing. They're smoking pot, that's what they're doing. Because they told you that in their song. So I mean, that's what they're doing. I can just save you some time, that's what they're doing. And so every song is about that, right? And, you know, and it's not any better in country music or this, it's just all about you know, going to the bar and meeting someone and having sex. I mean, just everything is about, and, and, and rather than judge people, I'm not trying to be judgmental towards anybody, it's just that you, you, can, you can tell a lot by where someone is, by what's coming out in their lyrics or what they're saying all the time, and that's their whole world because they, they're not in the light. That's all there is, It's basically get high, get laid, get high, get laid. That's life. For some people, that's all that matters. If you're offended by that, don't turn on the radio. <laughs> you think, oh, that was offensive that I said that in church? Do not touch the radio dial. then, Because they're saying a lot worse than that. But the reason I bring, I bring this up is because if you're in darkness, it's all you know. So I, I, I feel bad if that's all that life comes down to, is constantly trying to be in an alternate state. And that says a lot about someone's current state, if they always want to leave it. It's, when you're living in darkness, that's all you know. But when you step into the light, you can clearly see the difference between light and darkness. Or, or maybe you, you're one of those people that have stepped into the light, but you keep surrounding yourself with dark influence, and you wonder why your light's going dim. See, where I'm trying to go with this may surprise you, but we can't even get to day two until you understand the difference between light and dark. There is no day two for you. Until you get what I say next, until, until what the Bible clearly teaches, this principle that God's leaving here, you have no day two without determining light from darkness, right? Because how do you have, how do you know when the next day comes? Light, right? How do you know when that day is ending? Dark. I can start with an easier question if I need to, is it? How do you know it's day? How do you know it's dark? How, I mean, how do you know it's night? Oh, right. The reality is that's, that's how we know, right? That's how you have your completed day. And so God says, well, I need to get light and dark going so we can have day one. So let me, st- let me just get that in motion because we can't have a day two. So even before he gets the sun and moon, he has to have create a cutoff point. He says we need light and darkness to determine when day one's done. So he creates that, right? What does this mean for you and me? Number four, get your boundaries right before you go any further. This may sound really simple, but light and darkness is a boundary where there's light, there's no longer darkness, right? Or, or the light will bleed to a certain level and then stop and then it gets dark, right? And, and so my, my point is that we don't have clear boundaries and we wonder why we can't go any further. L- let me ask you a question. Are you living in the light but keep stepping in the dark? Is there, is there a problem with the boundaries? Are, are, is there an unclear line? You see, here's one thing I've learned that God's trying to teach all of us today, is that you can't really create a great life until you have clear boundaries. Just like, you know, next week we're going to learn about water and land. And you think, what does that have to do with my life? Everything, by the way. Don't miss those message. We're going to unpack that. But, but the truth is, is that you need those boundaries or we'd all drown. Right? Aren't you glad there is land? You know, I'm a good swimmer. You're not that good of a swimmer. You need land at some point. Right? So we need some boundaries. Would you agree? Could it be that you're asking God to bless you with this great career, and God's saying, I'd love to bless you with that great career, but we, we haven't even figured out that we're married yet? Because you, you said I do, but then you keep going to work acting like you said I don't. You haven't clarified the boundary. See, there's certain things you do when you're single, and there's certain things you do when you're married, and there's certain things you don't do anymore when you're married, right, that maybe you did when you were... Right? Under some clear defining lines, right? Right? There's certain people that you used to hang out with that you don't hang out with anymore. Now you're married, right? I mean, I, I hope that's the case. Well, you know, I mean, this, my, this is kind of a sensitive area, pastor, because you know, it's my best friend, and, and we were, and my wife does not like her, but you know, she was my best friend long before we ever met. There's no grandfather clause in this. <laughs> Bible says forsaking all others, you're done with that relationship. And until you figure that out, nothing else is going to work in your life. Why? Crossing the line, man. That's an obvious boundary. And if you keep blown by boundaries, you're not going to be blessed by God. Well, oh Lord, I believe you and i spoke it out about my business or my finances or I want you to thrive and I want you to do great things in my life. And then God says, great, would you tithe? And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> no, come on, I'm not going to tithe. That's 10%, that's huge. There's no way. God says, oh, I'm sorry, you don't understand the lines? You don't understand the light from the darkness? See, See, the 10 is the line of what's mine and the 90 is what's yours. But if you'd like to board the line, then what you're basically saying is, God, I'm going I'm to keep the 10 that's yours. I'm going to steal from you, but I want you to bless me. Have you ever ever stolen from someone and asked them for a favor? How'd that work? So there's a boundary we're crossing, but yet we want God to bless us? <laughs> Did you see, can you see the problem here? Oh, Lord, I, I'm believing you that I want me to be the, be the boss at work. And God's like, well, let's start with some real basic boundaries. Work starts at 8... You keep showing up at 8.15. So you want to be the boss, but yet you don't know the simple boundary of being there at 8. And then you don't leave for lunch till noon and you're back by 1. Not 1.15 or 1.30. Oh, but Lord, I mean, I don't know about all that boundary stuff, but I just want you to bless me and I want to keep going. And God's like, yeah, I want to bless you, but there's some principles I put in place. And if you don't follow the boundaries, we can't get to day two. Does that make sense? You're talking bad about, about the boss. Well, the boss criticized me and I was very upset. That's the boss's job. They need to improve the worker to get a, more work done so that you're supposed to do that. But it's not your job to criticize the, the boss. There's an HR department for that if you have a problem, but that's really not what I was supposed to be doing in the break room. So if you keep crossing the boundaries and yet you want God to bless your career, I have never heard anyone at the top of an organization say, I dishonored my way to the top once. Have I heard that? Where are we crossing the line? Oh, God, bless me. God said, I'd love to bless you. What are you looking at at night? What are you looking at at night? What are we doing? What are we doing here? What are we listening to? What are we filling our minds with? What are we doing in our relationships? What are we doing here? So so you want God's blessing, so you want to live, you want God's blessing in the light, and you just want to sneak over in the dark, and then come back over for the light, and then keep... we've got to clarify the lines. If you want God's blessings, number four, get your boundaries right. Get your boundaries right. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want to challenge you right now. I believe God wants you to do some amazing things in your life. He just wants you to get the boundaries right. So with your head bowed and your eyes closed, where are you crossing the line? Where is God saying it's time to get the boundaries right? Believe me, this message convicted me as I wrote it. I certainly have areas in my life too. We all do, don't we? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, would you be willing to admit, God, I came to get to day two until I take care of this boundary issue. I've been crossing the line, God. I've been crossing against your word. I've been crossing the line in my marriage. I've been crossing the line in my relationships or my friendships. I've been crossing the line with my attitude, with things I say. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if God's speaking to you today and he's saying, quit crossing the line, would you commit that to him by raising your hand high across all campuses right now? Hands are going up. And you're saying, God, I'm sorry. I realize I'm breaking the boundary and I, I can't ask you to bless me and give me a day two until I get day one right. So, Lord, I acknowledge there's a, there's a light and there's a dark. Help me to come into the light. With your head bowed, eyes closed. Just commit that to God. Say, God, I want to step into the light. You no know, light has a healing purpose to it as well. Did you know that? Doctors would tell you, don't keep that scab covered up too long because light brings healing to wounds. So maybe you keep giving excuses as to why you stay in the dark. Come out in the light. God can purify you, cleanse you, give you a fresh start. The Bible says that His mercies are new every day. Today is a new beginning for you, praise God make that commitment to him. Say, Lord, today's a new day. I don't want to cross that boundary again. I just need you, Jesus, to help me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start. I want to recognize where darkness is and where light is and go to the light. That's how you get to a new day, as you step into the new light. Some of you right now are mad at me about this sermon. You don't like it. Well, you can either see the light or feel the heat. Either way, It's light. Don't be mad at me. I'm just a messenger. God's word speaks truth to us. Honor him. Put him first. In the words of Kendrick Lamar, sit down, be humble. Recognize you need to honor God. Okay, Lord, forgive me. I'm making this about myself. I humble myself before you. I want to honor you. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you never trusted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, he was there at creation but he's also here to redeem you. Jesus died for our sins, the things that we did that messed up our walk with God. Jesus died for those sins, and he rose again from the grave after he died for us, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you and me to individually receive him. You can receive Christ right now by praying this very simple prayer. Would you pray this prayer with me? You can just say, dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died on the cross for me, and I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart, Be my Lord and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true. Fired up.